0: You're listening to Numbers on the Boards with Jeff Skin, Wade, and Bobby Corrala. Hello, 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 hello. It is the morning after a Mavs basketball game, and we are in the office bright and early, getting up shots. Studying the film, mm-hmm. um, lifting weights. Yep, obviously. Yep, uh, it is numbers on the boards presented by the wonderful folks at Bedgear. My name is Bobby Crellot. Joining me is Skin Wade. Hello. Uh, thank, <laughs> thanks to the miracles of pillow technology, Skin. I've been able to sleep because if you if you're listening to my voice, which uh-huh. I'm sure you are right now,
1: you're kind of sexing it up right now. Yeah, I'm, low I'm, voice,
0: <laughs> low voice, Bobby. Yeah, this is uh, this is not me trying to be more like Mark Fowler, <laughs> who can be. This is me recovering from whatever's going on in the in the atmosphere right now in the environment. Uh, but don't worry, it's not contagious. It's not like any Mavs are sick lately. <sighs> oh wait a minute. <laughs> uh, KP? Yeah, poor Zyngas had sick and knee. Uh, yeah, gang-ness. I mean, he and I hang out all the time. Right. So it's not a big deal. Right. Um, I, I hate for everyone to find out this way. But uh, yeah, Bed Gear is saving me. That pillow, no joke, the most comfortable thing in my house. Uh, Bed Gear is also partnering with us for all of our all-star content. And whenever you have KP and Luke on your team, there's a lot of all-star content. And as I understand, Skin... You were just on television, Man. Moments before this, like yes, the shine is still sort of on your face. I can see. Can the, you still the see lights little, in your eyes? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And that's not makeup. Just no, no. It's just they force makeup
1: on you on morning television. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Fox Four was nice enough to have us down to let everybody know that you know today. Let's see. Today's Thursday, and the pot will go up today. Today we get another round of voting that is released. Excellent. And I'm anticipating Lucas still number one and then tomorrow friday is one of those double days right where your vote counts twice or whatever so yep. um yeah uh we're getting the word out and you said bed gear was a nice sponsor for that that's very very cool yeah but uh i would suspect that uh luke is still at the top and how in- interesting is it you know the way these guys are still tied i was walking into the mavs offices this morning and they flashed up the stats of what trey young did last night against harden which was like a Forty point triple double, yeah, and he's got a chance to start in the East. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is really cool, you know, the young NBA putting their foothold on this thing. I would love for Giannis and Luca to be the captains of this. It would be awesome. I
0: would love it. It would be awesome. And reportedly, Luca and Trey might be in the three point shootout. I feel like one is probably a little more deserving than the other. But
1: that uh, I think that's an unsubstantiated report, by the way. Really? Yeah, I do. Really? No, do. Did you just drop some knowledge on this? I feel like an accredited NBA journalist jumped the gun, perhaps. Perhaps. It doesn't mean it will not happen, Bob. Okay. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you go, I don't think that's accurate yet. Wow. Just a thing. It's wow. Just a, those are just words. You know,
0: I did think that uh, whenever those tweets came out, it was what, like Monday or Tuesday? I mean, that's really early. Normally, we don't start hearing about that sort of thing until like later in the month, you know, like two or three weeks before the well, All-Star game.
1: there's a reason for that, and that's because someone's jumping the damn gun.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: I think someone's making a educated guess. Okay. okay. And maybe he knew someone that said, you know, the NBA really needs this to happen. Yeah, but health the rate. It's going. They're going to have it happen on Sunday night. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're going to be like defending each other in the all-star. Game. Right. They don't really need to be shooting. against. Each there
1: other. is so much defense in that game. <laughs> there is, is lockdown. There's a lot. That's oh why Tony Allen was an all-star every yep, year, every single yes. season.
0: Um, OK, well, we're recording the day after in case you hadn't guessed it. Uh, the Mavs was a 107-106, I think, is your final score. That sounds right. I'm told I already they, forgot about it. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm told they played a game last night. I don't really remember much about it. Uh, but we are recording on Thursday, which I think you said is the best day of the week. It's so, a pretty damn good day. Yeah, so we're going to power through it because yep. it's Thursday. Yep. We can talk about the disappointment of last night can, uh, can while still staying hyped because it's the best day.
1: Can I say uh, something? I'd like to conflate these two things right quick. These last three games... With the two losses in the three games, last night's loss and Saturday's loss to Charlotte. Is that Charlotte? Yes. Were far more impactful on me in a negative way than both Knicks' losses combined. Oh, absolutely. The Charlotte loss. The Charlotte loss was brutal. gutted me. Yeah. It gutted me. And we always talk about how your emotions ebb and flow. And then you step back and you look at 82 games. You start putting things in compartments and what really matters. I mean, all games matter. But you know what I'm saying? Especially for trends and things. I was very, very, very disappointed in last Saturday. And uh, last night had some very high-level frustration because of the caliber of the opponent and the import of that that game took on that was added import after that crap of Saturday yeah you know it really made last night more important and you were there yeah. and you should have gotten that done and there's some frustration there and so for me personally like the way I view this team those last two losses have been way more frustrating than anything else that's happened
0: yeah Charlotte to me was the the worst maybe of the season because you're up double digits with what five minutes left
1: do or something? you realize Charlotte was one in 12 against yeah. teams 500 or better and that one was Brooklyn yeah no I know it and I mean, they, the earlier in the day, I, I know it. earlier in the day, Rick Bonnell of the Charlotte Observer was just tw- carpet bomb tweeting how this, how <laughs> I don't want to say dysfunctional because they're a team that's rebuilding and all this yeah, stuff. I mean, they're, but they're on the fringe of the playoffs, but they have one of the worst point differentials in the NBA. They're, they're not a good team. Yeah. And, uh, that was look, okay. It's all relative. They're all good teams. Okay. They can yeah. all beat your team, but can, by NBA standards, they're not a good team. That was a terrible loss, and I personally, I, I was sick Saturday night, so uh, the broadcast said, whatever you do, do not walk in this building, so I watched it on television, and I'm watching that game, and with about, I don't know, five or six minutes to go in the fourth, I'm like, man, our body language is, well, they're thinking about Monday, you know, or they're already thinking ahead to the next game. The mm-hmm. body language is bad right now. They it won the game coaster. whenever
0: Luca hit that three during the chicken dance. Yeah. And they went up 11, and they were like, all right, well, that, it's over. We win. you
1: talking about when he was high-fiving the other Hernan Gomez? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who we, we've seen uh, – we've got doubled yeah. Hernan Gomez losses in the last three games. Yeah. Uh, that it was that was, was very upsetting to me. Yeah, yeah that was tough.
0: And I, I wouldn't even say that last night uh, – you know, everybody's different, I guess. But last night was pretty frustrating just because of the way that the game yes. ended. I mean, you'd right. like for them to get a shot off. But, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it comes down to the last couple possessions, obviously, and you're going to say, well, here we go again with the clutch stuff. But then, I don't know, the way that I thought of it almost immediately after I was like, got over the fact that they had nine seconds to shoot and nobody did was, man, they made so many, there were so many mistakes in this game. Yeah. I mean, how many times did Denver have three seconds left on the shot clock and they went end to end and got a layup? I mean, that happened at the end of the second quarter and also in the third quarter, Mm -hmm. the first quarter and the second quarter, whatever. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Grant got two free throws mm-hmm. right before the half. Right. Whenever there was like two seconds left, when he got the ball, I think Grant
1: missed a free throw last night.
0: Well, the Nuggets <laughs> uh, missed four as a team. They went sixteen for twenty, and the Mavs missed eight. They went sixteen of twenty four. Yeah. And uh, in the first quarter, I think Luca thought that it was a two for one. I think he maybe misread the clock or Mm -hmm. something because he took a really early three Mm -hmm. and Denver got the ball and had a whole possession and they ended up hitting a three Mm -hmm. and as he was going back to the bench he kind of like as he went past Rick he sort of like did like a my bad kind of thing and that's a – I mean, that's a six-point swing. Yeah. And then those free throws that they gave up, Monty Morris had three seconds left of the shot clock, got all the way to the basket, and I think it might have even been an and one. Um, there were just a lot of mistakes. The switching onto Jokic with Finney Smith and then no one helping, that was a mistake. Yeah. The last possession was a mistake. Uh, there were a lot of turnovers that were mistakes. I mean, they made like 10 or 15 really uncharacteristically um, – Sloppy plays Yeah
1: and so you're, you're bringing up two, you're, What you're saying makes me think of two different uh, What I would call Rick Carlisle tropes mm. One is our undoing was this Like you know a lot of times reporters go in there as they should And they talk about they focus on the end of a game mm. And he's like well our undoing was this So you just laid out what the undoing was That wasn't the end of the game That's one part However, yeah, you can't avoid the end of the game (laughs) because well, it's a bigger story because we have harped so much. uh, Shout out to Derek Harper. We have harped so much on what's happening at the end of this games with this team's offense. Mm. So then that becomes a bigger issue and it becomes a bigger focal point. And so you really want to dial in on things you want to get better to be the team you want to be. And it's another example of, man, that was our final offensive possession. And so those those things become bigger issues and become exacerbated by the circumstances leading the context leading into what actually happened at the end of that game last night so uh there was a defensive mistake followed by an offensive mistake and when you're talking about not getting it done at the end of games despite having the number one offensive rating and then at the end of games it just tumbles to the depths plummets of hell uh that's those are the things that really frustrate you
0: yeah and a lot of this too i mean you think of you start stacking up all of these frustrating losses. The Knicks ones are in their own category, not only because they were early in the season and against a team that was like definitely hyped to play the Mavs, but also the Mavs weren't winning in those games. Yeah, uh, They weren't winning against the Celtics either time. They weren't winning against uh well they were winning I guess against the Blazers but that was kind of a wacky game they kind of got jobbed on that yeah Yeah.
1: I don't freak out over early stuff yeah yeah because you're figuring things out especially when you're hey here's a guy who hadn't played in a year and a half that's a huge Mm -hmm. part of it you've got to figure these things out
0: going up against two guards that were in the conference finals the year before now did you know that that's the Blazers only win against a 500 team this year? oh you're kidding me we got
1: we got horneted yep by yeah. the Blazers, and then you almost
0: got bullsed too uh, the other night too. But uh, man,
1: I do respect how the Bulls play. They just don't have enough. They don't know how to run yeah, an offense. Yeah, no. But I, I respect mean, how they get after it. Yeah,
0: no. They they absolutely and they gross. got
1: athletes and they got size and yeah. They're just not a good offensive team. Yeah, dude. The, the man, their coach is invested in that game,
0: mm.
1: like firing guys up, running out on the floor, being anti. I mean, I, I look. They need players. You know what else I thought? Sorry to sidebar. The bulls are closer than. Yeah, we think. but you know what I thought about, sidebar, if you want to real quick go What's over that? here and celebrate Luka? Okay. The, the 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 Mavericks and the Bulls for the last three years or so have been looking at the same players in the draft because of where they're drafting. Yeah. And look at what the Luka maneuver, how it catapulted you in a way that is unfathomable. I like what the Bulls have. The Bulls are light years away. Yeah. And they were... Look, remember when we worked out marking in and we really liked marketing mm. in, and remember when we well, thought... Well, in really liked Dallas, uh, too. Yeah. You okay, know. remember when it... Okay, is it going to be Carter Jr. or Bamba, yeah. and the Mavericks really liked Carter Jr.? Yeah. So things, uh, things can turn, baby. Yeah, they're and very they close to, to being...
0: They're very, very, very close to being the Bulls. And... But I wonder, you know, this is kind of the a recent what if that may never have happened but if the Mavs do get Markin in in what that was 2017 mhm that was uh, the Dennis Smith Jr draft yeah yeah the bulls traded up to number 7 uh in exchange for Jimmy Butler essentially they moved from what like 15 to 7 right And uh, they got Markinon. Now, if they hadn't have drafted Markkinen, I'm not sure if the Knicks would have because the Knicks had KP, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the Mavs might or might not have. You never know. But had they drafted Markkinen at number nine, I wonder if they ever make the Porzingis trade or if they're looking at a Luka-Markkinen duo. I don't think we get Luka.
1: Well, I don't know, you know, that's a good question. I I, I mean the point guard Markin situation. would make
0: almost more sense for the Knicks to trade for if they're trying to trade Porzingis because he
1: almost is Porzingis. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. And I, I just I'd look at it and go, "Well, would we have ended up with Luka and mm. you know, Mark and Dirk still here and Yeah. Ah, it's just such a weird alternate universe. Yeah, but uh Markin and Wendell Carter two almost maps. Yeah. Um
0: but all of the losses essentially, except for that one Boston loss like I said and that Lakers loss, that was more like a that was like a 3-hour math test it was Mm -hmm. just kind of boring but all these losses really since Miami have been kind of games where you feel like you've given them away Miami OKC Charlotte Denver. but those three are all in the last like nine ten days even the Sacramento game you know you didn't give it away in crunch time but you gave it away in the first half you were down by 24 points yeah these are a lot of frustrating losses but what I will say is that going back to that Miami game every single game they've lost, they've been without at least one of Luca or KP. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, yes, you have to learn to win, but also it's very hard to win. I mean, this is just a fact of life. It's hard to win if you don't have your best players.
1: Yeah. I, I want to say a few things about, because when you brought up the Thunder game, that totally underscored what I think is one of the themes that needs to be explored with these, uh, these uh, unsatisfactory crunch time numbers. If you look at the Thunder game, they got Chris Pauled. Like, at the end of that game. It took the, over, man. It, Chris Paul took over. And so when we've had these discussions, you know, where people go, well, I don't want to give up this Golden State asset for this veteran. Uh, you know, he's going to be here for three months. I don't want to do all that. Mm. Listen, I don't care who you are or how great you are. You have to learn how to win in the NBA which is different from learning how to win in Europe or learning how to win in college or learning how to win wherever. And dudes that have, uh, I always remember, I think the first guy I heard say this was, uh, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the assistant coach that was here that went to Atlanta. Melvin. Melvin Hunt. Uh, Yeah. Used the phrase corporate knowledge. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Which is a great phrase. And there's a corporate knowledge of the end of games in this league. And Chris Paul, you know, I said something on the on the uh, post game or the pregame show last night that a couple people tweeted me and said I was an idiot and they were mad at me. <laughs> but and I didn't mean specifically, but I meant conceptually. I was like, what happened is, is that Chris Paul went to Houston and everybody forgot he was a top 10 player in the league. Mm. I'm not saying that right now, today, Chris Paul's a top 10 player. But I'm saying, hey, there's five minutes to go in a game and I'm looking at guys. Chris Paul's one of the first guys I grab. Yeah, even I mean, today, he's going
0: full court pulling up from the free throw line and
1: it's nothing but net. He, and, yeah, I mean, any he, and he's thinking three plays ahead, yeah. two plays ahead. And so all this comes with experience and our leaders, 20, bro. And I don't care what he's already done overseas, which is amazing. Just as no disrespect to Jalen. I don't care what Jalen's done at, at Villanova, which is amazing. It's got to be done here and there's a different process and you have to learn it. And so part of. Our, I think our clutch issues right now is this group of guys, which is a young group of guys. If Berea and Courtney Lee ain't going to be on the floor, they're babies, have mm-hmm. to learn how to win these tough games that matter against the number two seed in the West and things like that. And it's a process that has to unfold, and we're being very impatient right now, and I get it. But Chris Paul just, uh, just housed you, bro. Mm-hmm. And he housed you in a way that a guy that's his age and has played in all those games and had a lot of late-game failings, by the way, has done.
0: And Jokic did the same thing, too. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely took over that game in the third quarter.
1: Yeah, and dude, Jokic has a ways to go as well. He does. I mean, he absolutely does. And so, I get that we're all in love with these – Does anybody want to show me what Giannis did in his final playoff series last year? Oh, my God. He got oh. Let alone his first
0: one. I mean, whenever they play the Bulls in, what, 2015? I mean, he right, was like right. almost
1: unplayable in that series. Yeah, but even last year, Bobby, I'm saying – Yeah. It's Toronto. I mean, yeah, it, was, this, it was ugly. And look at who's on Toronto. Yeah, winners. Yeah. Um. So, but they had to learn. How, they got LeBron four years in a row. Absolutely. So, I mean, everyone. And then, then Kawhi yeah. walks in the door and says, "Let me show how an, an MVP of a Finals does this." Yeah. And yeah. Mark Gasol had been around the block forever. These things matter. And so that this is not an excuse. I'm not excusing these problems. I'm saying, if we are so focused on this 20 year old doing everything for us, we were going to have to live through his mistakes. And I don't know if you remember this. You may be too young. I can tell you, there was a crap ton of sports radio content and newspaper articles about. All right, Finley, Nash, and Dirk are good, but none of them are closers.
0: I don't remember that at all. I would would love. I was actually hoping to hear you. Oh, there was a ton of that.
1: Dirk, Dirk doesn't know how to take over a game. Mm. Nash, I mean, come on. How long did that? When was that?
0: Like a thing, and how long did it take for it to subside? Because I mean, they once they made the playoffs, they achieved success pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, um, I think it was. Around the time that Cuban bought the team.
0: So, like, right at the beginning of the good times.
1: Yes, right at the beginning of the good times. Okay. But, you know, because there was excitement, but the Mavericks lost a bunch of games at the end of games. Mm. And it was frustrating. It's like, well, who's the closer here? And all that sort of generic conversation. Yeah. Uh, And those guys, Dirk Dirk had to learn how to be the closer. And guess what? We got one of the greatest closers of all time. Yeah. Ask Chris Bosh. He still hurts.
0: I mean, think about LeBron, man. He's 25 right. in 2011, and that was arguably one of, one of the most right. disappointing finals performances by any player ever on one of and the he, greatest teams ever. Yeah, and he was 25 years old. Right. I mean, that's like,
1: right? It's insane and to these think are, that. I, I want everybody listening to understand. I am not giving excuses. Mm. I'm talking well, about what does that sym- even mean? Any, I mean, who, like, it doesn't
0: matter if you're giving. You're not on the
1: team. No, I know, I mean, but I'm talking about symptoms. Yeah, I'm talking about how do these things get resolved? Yeah, and there are, I think. For lack of a better term, procedural things or things that they can do as a team that would be better. But I also think this is part of him understanding how teams are going to defend him at the end of games and then how he works around
0: that. Can we, do you want to go through history very quickly? Yes. Uh, okay, Mavs clutch record by season. Dirk's rookie year, 1998 99, they were 11 and 17. 1999 2022 and 26 okay 2000 2001 they made the playoffs that year that they year they f- beat the jazz 51 games I think or 52 mm-hmm. games still only 19 and 16 in clutch games mm-hmm. which is kind of just like fine and th- if you win more than you lose that's good but, right um and then the next year they won 57 games or 58 games I think they went 25 and 14. And that's whenever you're like, okay, if you're winning two out of every three crunch time games that you play, you're going to be very good. Absolutely. But their offense, it took them a while to pick up. That year, they had the best offense in the league in crunch time, actually, in 2001, 2002. And they went on to win a playoff series next year They went to the conference finals. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is kind of like a... There's a learning. You know, it's a trajectory trage- trajectory trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm blaming it on the illness skin. Yeah, I'll, the illness. I'll roll
1: I'll support you yeah, on that. Yeah, but
0: it is kind of like and and anytime I find myself getting frustrated, especially with Luca, because he does things that kind of you know can get under your skin and stuff. Sure. I'm not about to go online like some of these people and call him like a chucker or a stat patter or any of that, which is just like insane. Like you're a you're a fan of this team and yet you think that like The best teenager of all time is bad because he's like... Dude, "Dude, let me tell you something. The the first thing that pops in... That's
1: insane. That's old man couch talk. That's insane. That's old man couch talk. Ben, uh, my partner on the Ben and Skin Show, tells all these funny stories about his dad every time Pudge would strike out. Mm. That guy will never. I mean, are you kidding me? He's just up there swinging it. You know, it's like, okay, he's batting like 320. I don't understand. You know, it's just it's reactionary to the moment and I'm dissatisfied. So I'm going to make this sweeping statement about something because I'm dissatisfied on my couch.
0: It's just bizarre. But that's kind of like the anytime I find myself getting too high on Luca and like, yeah, he's already better than LeBron ever was. A game like this happens where he goes scoreless yeah. in the fourth quarter. And right. I'm like, okay, actually, you know, he's And what was he, one
1: of seven from three last night?
0: Yeah, uh, he wasn't very good. Nah. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, he, uh, it's a reminder that he's 20 years old. You look at the Mavs' uh, leading scorers by game, going all the way back, starting with uh, the first Lakers game. So this is from November's, November 1st, the fifth game of the year, Okay, all the way up until last night. How many games do you think Luca played in? Not counting the Miami game because mm-hmm. he played like one minute. How many games has he, Luka played in where he has not been the
1: leading scorer on the team? Oh wow! Uh, so that is that is that first Luca game? Is that or that first Laker game? Is that before or after the Denver game? That was the game after.
0: Okay, so we're, we're essentially going Denver to Denver here.
1: Okay, um, shoot
0: three. The answer is two. <laughs> he has not been the leading scorer. In two games in the last almost three months of basketball, one of those games was the Timberwolves game where Dwight Powell had 24 points and Luka had 22, so he was almost the leading scorer. Mm -hmm. And then the other game was, I'm waiting for the internet to pull up here in this wonderful office of ours, was the Sacramento game where Tim Hardaway had 29 and Luka had 27. So he has been... Far and away... <laughs> Heavy lifter, baby. <laughs> yeah. the I, I would contend, I mean, other than Harden and maybe Giannis, there is not another player in the NBA that's even close to this. No. Because like, I was sitting thinking about... That level of scoring responsibility.
1: Right. I imagine, heck, uh, I bet Anthony Davis has more high-scoring games than LeBron.
0: Yeah, but LeBron has a lot of high-scoring games, <laughs> yeah. too, you know? Yeah. And so it's one of those things, but, like... I mean, there's this type of thing just doesn't happen. Period. And and other, regardless of age, I mean, this is we're in an unprecedented era. There was a really good uh, video by uh, Thinking Basketball. Thinking about, I, th- I want to say that's Ben Taylor. No, no. Uh, this guy on Twitter. It's Thinking Basketball. It's, it's affiliated with the Athletic. It's on YouTube. Uh, just breaking down, basically, like how usage is sort of uh, increasing or mm-hmm. growing, like among the league's t- most involved players mm-hmm. over the years, like by decade, essentially, like. How many players are involved in fifty percent of their team's offense? Right. And it's like zero, 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 zero. And then we get to this season and it's five. You're like, oh my God. I mean, th- we're in the age of the the my AA my the, s- the sun. I mean, these are solar system players that we're, Yeah, it,
1: everyone else just revolves around that. My AAU coach called that the hub. Okay. He yeah. And he we're gonna run the hub. What's the hub? All right, we're gonna space out and this guy's gonna have the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, it's what it is. And that's
0: basically what the Mavs do. And so that alone is very uncommon. I mean, even at the height of Dirk's powers, he was not the leading scorer every night because he had Jason Terry and other guys. And, of course, if Porzingis had played in any of these games, there's a chance that he would have been scoring higher than Luka. Mm-hmm. But based on past history, answer's probably not that it, w- it would have been Luka. But this is all kind of a prelude into, I guess, the matter at hand that everybody wait- is waking up this morning thinking about, which is, crunch time offense yeah everybody knows Mavs 28th in crunch time offense this season in clutch games let me pull it up did you know by the way that oh never mind sorry that was a date filter I was going to say the Magic are scoring 40 points per possession in the clutch but there was a date filter Um, Dallas 8 and 12 in clutch games this season which is not as bad as I would have thought Mm -hmm. but some of those games were like backdoor clutch games like uh chicago and milwaukee both qualified as clutch games even right. though the mavs were up and toronto, so really, right yeah, toronto yeah. well, and that's a loss they, yeah they ended up losing but yeah uh in games that have really come down to like the final possession it feels like the Mavs have not been very good in that regard this season especially on the offensive end but a lot of that is because luca is this unprecedented um centerpiece mm-hmm. of the offense and so last night we saw it against Denver. We saw it against Charlotte. We've seen it against a lot of teams, including OKC and all these other games. Whenever he comes off a high screen in crunch time, and the game is not, it there, there's no flow to the game because there's being a lot of timeouts called. There's a lot of timeouts being called. There's a lot of fouls. Like There's much more coaching in the last two minutes of games mm-hmm. um, Teams are doubling him. They're mm-hmm. just sending two at him. And now Denver sent two at him all night. It's not uncommon, but they're playing harder in crunch time. And so it's, it's much more difficult to make good plays. Um, and when they send two at him coming off this screen, it's up to somebody else to make a play. Mm-hmm. And right at the beginning of crunch time, you had Dorian make a three. And then Lucas swung it to Dorian, who swung it to Tim, who made a jump shot. And yeah, They're a great pass. Yeah, they're up five with whatever, three minutes left or something, 220, two I think, on the clock. But then the rest of the game, uh
1: it was ter- God, they were like two for nine down the stretch at one
0: point. Yeah, well they went scoreless the last two minutes. Yeah. And outside of those five points that they scored in two straight possessions, in the last six minutes of the game they scored one point. Terrible. So I mean it was it was bad. It's brutal. And and it was those five, it was the five closes on the floor for almost the entire time. It's it's Dwight, Finney Smith, Luca, Delon, and Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times it was Maxie instead of Dwight. Seth was in on the final play instead of Delon, but for the most part it was the five starters. And it's up to somebody else to make a play. Yeah. It's up to whoever's setting a screen to set a good screen and then roll hard or pop hard. If you're Tim, you got to pop hard, but you have to make contact. I mean, you have to execute a lot of things the right way in order to score in overtime, in in crunch time, if you're trying to run an actual play. Historically in the NBA, I'm sure you can speak to this better than I can. I mean, the Mavs, for example, in their glory years, they're giving it to Dirk at the elbow and clearing out. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not involving anybody else in the play because if you do, then you increase the chances of double teams happening. Right, and bring like a second that. defender over. Yeah. So you put him in the middle of the floor at the free throw line where it's impossible to double team. Otherwise, you literally are leaving someone, I mean, wide open right. in their own gym. And uh, the Mavericks are not I, – I guess Luka at this point is not at that level. That's not an insult. He's not at the level to where if you just clear him out on an island – even if it's at the top of the three-point line where he has a lot of space to work with, I'm not totally confident that he will win that matchup one-on-one and get a desirable shot every single time. Yeah, because it takes five, ten years. I mean, it takes LeBron length. Would you ever? Would you ever feel comfortable playing one-on-one against LeBron in crunch time anymore? I would not. Yeah, you know, but it's
1: interesting too. Is I think also LeBron w- was looking to facilitate. It, a lot of it is about about what the players. Approaches during those situations.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying like, Lebr- I, it took LeBron a while to get to the point where in crunch time he was money every time. Right, right,
1: right, right. I mean, where you have a move,
0: you have a counter move, and then you have a third counter move. Well,
1: okay, so I want to introduce something about uh, what I think some of LeBron's crunch time issues have been okay. over the years, and that is the fact that he's not a confident free throw shooter, mm-hmm. and I think that this ties back to some of the shots that Luca takes. And it's not because he's not a confident free-throw shooter. It goes back to this narrative that was a big deal four or five days ago of he's getting the S-beat out of him and we're not getting foul calls. So if you're at the end of the game, and, you know, follow on with some of this on the broadcast, how many drives there were without a freaking free-throw attempt coming out of it. Mm-hmm. If you're in the course of a game, the game takes on its own shape. It's like, uh, you know, its own little life form. And you start adapting to that habitat. And if you're constantly getting inside and getting hammered with no results – You start adjusting to your habitat. And so I really think part of some of the things that Luke has, quote, unquote, settled on has been, well, if I go in here, I get hammered and I don't get to call. I mean, we've talked a lot about the final two-minute reports and these things. And so a smart player adjusts to that. Do you remember all the conversation? What was the game? God, was it? Was that a Knicks game where he shot about a 30-footer? Yeah, it was a Knicks game. And everyone was upset with that. Mm. Or some people were upset with that. I personally was not. Mm. Um, Luca did not like the shot. He said he didn't like the shot. But I thought, so was everybody upset when Damian Lillard won that series and sent Paul (laughs) George home? Because... If you can hit that shot and you're comfortable shooting, that is the idea to go closer to the basket and be more defended mm. and then also let the shot clock go down more. So you have less yeah. of an open shot. Yeah. Is that is, what are we What are we really discussing here? Mm. And so, you know, the reason I want to bring all this back is that he is thinking, what are the different permutations of where I go and when I go and what time I go? And then how open is that shot going to be? And if you – part of you running through that process is, well, if I get inside the three-point arc, these two guys are going to foul me and I'm not going to get a foul call, mm-hmm. that factors into your process of your shots.
0: In which case, you almost know that you're going to miss. Now, he did get in the lane in crunch time last night. I think that he was anticipating a foul mm-hmm. because he, he kind of – he went up for a finger roll with his right hand and just flung it off the backboard. Yeah. And, I mean, he does not miss layups like that. Yeah. No. Nobody misses layups like that unless you're playing pickup. I mean, it was a really, really bad miss. So bad, in fact, that the ball didn't even hit the rim. And I think it was Dwight Powell that got the rebound. Maybe Kleber kicked it out to DeLon Wright, who took a three that was in the – it seemed ill-advised because the shot clock actually reset, even though it shouldn't have. Uh And DeLon – put up a quick three trying to beat the shot clock that would have eventually had he made that shot. I think they would have gone back and reviewed it and waved it off anyway, because the, the shot clock definitely should not have reset. Yeah. yeah. That was one time where he did get in the lane, but otherwise it's all in the perimeter. Yeah. And um, it is, it's frustrating to your point about drives last night, 29 drives to the rim. Well, drives into the lane, 13 shots out of 29 drives.
1: Is this just Luca?
0: This is just Luca. Kay. How many free throws? Uh, can, you I, you my, know, can you see I, my screen? I can't. I can't. Okay. How many, old, how many how many free throws needed. off those drives? We're not. Off I'm not talking.
1: Drives? Any other time where you get hacked or whatever? Right. Okay. So off of 29 drives, and you already told me he took 13 shots. or it could be some and ones here. 13 uh,
0: shots in 29 drives. yes. Okay.
1: So I would suspect. That at that rate, the guy needs to get at least six free throw attempts.
0: He took two free throws. Yeah, that's that's BS.
1: 29 drives. And he's and you know what they did? Well, you know what they did. You were there. But I thought it was real interesting to put Craig on him early, who's a bruiser, yeah. to beat the crap out of him. And then when to switch, there's crazy athletic Grant. Yeah. You know, so it's like within the same possession, you're seeing two wildly different defenders that are both big boys. And
0: you have a big – I mean, it was Plumlee in a lot of those situations stepping out and tracking him yeah. or waiting for him. Right. Um, he also had uh, three turnovers. Now, 3 th- I, I don't remember where his three turnovers came in those drives, uh-huh. but a lot of the times, uh, especially in Charlotte, the play that should have been called a foul was a shot, but then there was another play where he went up. Uh, actually, you know what? I think the play that should have been called a foul in Charlotte in the last two minutes report was a turnover. He went up and kind of Rozier sort of smacked him a little right, bit. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, you can't discount those turnovers either as being – Maybe you can of, apply yeah. part of those to the field goal attempts. I mean that he's going to the lane a lot. Yeah, against like Charlotte
1: it was I think 25 drives and no free throws. I mean, do you know what? um uh, what uh, is I don't know if it league averages, but what what it, what would be the barometer for man? You're getting in the lane a lot for a guy. Uh, I mean,
0: we can we can pull it up. All so there are. Let's see. 2 4, 6, 8, 10 12 14 16 18 players that Those are even numbers drives per game. I'm sorry, I was just mean Yeah. are <laughs> uh, a- how many? 18 players average at least 15 drives per game. I feel like that's a pretty good Yeah. I, I
1: was I was going to throw out the number of hey is 18 considered like a really good number of yeah, yeah. Yeah, well that's why you know you and I have a show together. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, Turner and Hooch. let's yeah, so go. That's at
0: least 15 drives per game. Now, Luca is two, four, six seventh in drives per game now his per game stuff is going to be low forever because of that miami game so actually if you exclude that he would probably be closer to like fourth or fifth Mm -hmm. um 18 drives per game 7.7 field goal attempts per game only 2.7 free throw attempts per game that seems low that it does seem very low skin you were correct uh the players who are lower than him john morant rookie
1: trey young second year um, Trey Young is also, by the way, tiny and trying to do release point stuff like Seth does. Yeah, a lot of floaters. Like Seth like doesn't that, yeah. get to the line a lot because Seth is trying to release before he gets anywhere near contact. Yeah. I think Lucas kind of entered
0: the the LeBron thing of a lot of the times he's being guarded by smaller guys and whenever he gets going downhill he's such a freight train and he's so like he's overwhelming the guy who's defending him mm-hmm. that The guy that's guarding him can get away with a lot of extra crap because you you can't stop him by just normally contesting a
1: shot. You almost have to foul him in order to make him miss. Yeah, I think so, and I think also because Luca doesn't "quote unquote" blow by guys like wildly athletically, the fouling appears less egregious. Yeah, because it's body on body stuff. Like nobody in the history of basketball should have shot more free throws than Shaquille O'Neal, and he should have shot twice as many as he shot. Yeah. But because he is so massive, refs just let people beat the crap out of him. Yeah. And And so I think there's a Luka factor to that where – because it's not like crazy jumping over someone or blown by someone where you see them get grabbed and all this stuff. It's just like – it's almost like football where they're trying to figure out what holding to call and what not to call since there's holding on every play. Mm. There's a lot of it that they let go.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's got to be especially egregious. And, unfortunately, Luke is very herky-jerky by nature, like mm-hmm. you said. And so it's – unless he – well, even whenever he does the theatrical, like, throw my hands back and, ah, uh, you know, he's not getting the calls. Um, but – I guess that's part of life, man. 5 years from now, every official will call every call and every NBA fan will complain oh, about man. it all the time and it's just that's it, going to be we, what it we is. We want it
1: to happen sooner than it's happening.
0: Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I'm not trying to be sour grapes. I talking about officiating is just annoying to me, yeah. but the dude gets fouled all the time. So yeah. like you just got to you got to call it. Some of this is obvious. There was there was a call against the Mavs on Jokic last night that was like disgusting it, w- it was so up- it was so bad but uh I don't, I don't know I mean Rick has really been challenge averse this season and so I I think that you just have to kind of take the you got to live with it I guess yeah. a lot of coaches have been really um until the fourth quarter which is why the challenge rate in fourth quarters the challenge overturn rate in fourth quarters is really really bad because if you keep this until the last second, you're going to use it on a play that you probably shouldn't really be challenging. Mm -hmm. But it's like if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, So I think it might have even been you that told me, but it might have been McMahon or somebody else. it Um, was Tim, he probably told you like this. (laughs) But uh, the stats guys would say that if if a foul is called that you really disagree with, no matter what point of the game it is, that leads to free throws. Then you should challenge it because that's points that right. you're saving. Right. So even if it's the first quarter of a game, if you can save yourself two points, why wouldn't you? Right. Um, but of course, there's in a. a and in a league
1: where you look at the difference in points per possession that closely. Yeah.
0: Well, and I mean, look at the difference last night: 107, 106. Yeah. Was that Luca foul on Jeremy Grant really a foul? I don't think so. If he would have challenged it, would that have been overturned? I don't know. Uh But was it worth a challenge? Yeah. I think so. At the end of the game, you have an
1: extra timeout. Okay, but here's the other thing. Grant, did did you have the box? Did Grant hit all his free throws last night? Eight for eight. Okay, I think he's a sixty six percent free throw shooter. Let's see. So do you factor that in when you're standing there going, Am I gonna challenge Jeremy yeah, Grant?
0: Seventy percent this season, sixty-six for his career. You're a okay. genius.
1: I think I bet he I bet his free throw percentage, I don't know how many he's taken this year. I bet it went up a notch or two last night for the simple fact that he took eight free throws. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, how many uh, games this year has Grant taken more than four free throws? Uh, probably probably none. not a lot, probably right? Probably none. Yeah. He By the was, way, what great a great last night. what a great pickup for them.
0: Yeah. No, he's awesome. I mean, they were without you talk about being without KP. I mean, they were without Paul Millsap he and kills Will Barton. Us. Yes. Yeah.
1: Millsap kill. Well, Millsap kills everybody. Yeah. But Millsap kills us.
0: Denver is so deep now. I I don't even want to do this because it'll. This is ultimate mental gymnastics. But I wonder if uh, Barton and Millsap play in that game. Torrey Craig obviously does not start. Which of those guys is picking up Luka full court oh, for the whole yeah. game? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point. None of those guys are. No. Like, you want Gary Harris chasing around Luka 94 feet for 36 minutes? Like, no. no way. Mm-mm. So that would have – It changes the dynamic of the a game, bit. yeah. Um, but that is the new thing. I mean, we talked about it on this show <laughs> back in November. Me and you, me and Mike, everyone has talked about this. Ever since that Clippers game on November 26th or whenever it was, mm-hmm. uh, when Pat Bev kind of showed and Kawhi and Paul George kind of showed – that you can sort of mess up the Mavs' offense a little bit by pressing Luka. Every team has done it, yeah. especially in, in close games. If you put someone on in full court every single time, then you're probably going to give up a few dumb points and you're going to commit a few dumb fouls in
1: the first half. But by the end of the game... You might wear him down th- a little bit. This Don't you think this is why, and I know part of it had to do with Porzingis' injury, but don't you think this is why they're really th- rethinking the way that they use their substitution pattern with yeah. Luka? Yeah, last night it was back to normal. Yeah. It was the 12-6, 12-6, um, but yeah, I think so. And that's that's, that's, that's you know going to be something of. I think that's constantly tweaked. Yeah, As no, they I figure out Because that's the the hardened story of the Last couple of years Okay he hits the wall Because he's worn out And too much mm-hmm. usage And blah 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 yeah. we're, we're talking about Things in January That are going to be Different in March Yeah no, That's for the sure. nature Of this beast For sure And I mean if Porzingis
0: is out there It's different But then also too I mean if If anybody It's a one point game If anybody right. hits another shot It's different Right If Denver misses a shot It's different I mean
1: Hell even if you get A shot up last night Maybe you get a tip I mean yeah. there's, get a, Gotta get a shot yeah, up Gotta get a shot up man. I'm sure Dorian didn't sleep last night, dude. Yeah, probably not. He just probably needed not. to shoot, and he knows it. But, I mean, I,
0: I don't know how many people have gone back and watched that replay anyway, but I want to say it was Gary Harris. Hard was close. In
1: very, very nice closeout. I yeah. mean,
0: Denver is, did you know, though, that number two three-point defense this season? Yes,
1: I did, because yeah. uh, we were talking about that before the game, but um, that's the other thing. We focus on our team. That was an incredible defensive possession. It really was. And, and they had a lot of incredible defensive possessions it, it, down the stretch. Isn't Malone the guy that started the way teams are defending hard? And I think Denver was the first team to roll that out. Maybe. or I mean, it's the unexpected double teams at different points that are yeah. unconventional. I thought I read an article that maybe Denver was the first team to the Mavericks yeah. employed it. Yeah. When we went up there and beat them yeah. or down there and beat them. Yeah.
0: I mean Malone is really good man. They, they defend Luca better than
1: probably anybody else. In That's the what league. happens when your daddy's an NBA coach. Yeah. You kind of have it in the bloodlines. But it's a
0: combination of a lot of things on that last play. Luca was sort of flat footed. It was a really long pass but yep. that gave Harris. I, I'm pretty sure it was Harris. It might have been somebody else. Denver if you're listening to this I'm sorry. But uh Harris closed out hard on Finney. Finney had to put the ball on the floor, and it was like this weird sort of 16-foot shot that Mm -hmm. someone else was closing out on him, so he swung it, and it was a bad pass. But they ran the Mavs off the three-point line a lot last night. Mm -hmm. And other than Luca and Tim, too, Tim is really good at the pull-up. Probably the best player at pulling up on the team is Seth, and Seth was... He was six for 10. I thought he had a really good game last night. Yeah. He had a really good game, but, and this is the other, this is, I guess the ultimate sort of, um, not, I wouldn't even say it's a problem, but I mean, I guess it could be a problem is in the playoffs, you know, you want your two way players on the floor, right? Yeah. But this is something that has been talked about since the summer. The Mavs have defenders and the Mavs have offenders.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, sir, we're putting people in jail. What are you doing? They have
0: scores, I guess. Um, you know, Seth is, I would say, the best shooter on the team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's outrageous. Um, and so you'd like him on the floor whenever you need a basket. But if you need a stop, then you want Dorian DeLon, on the floor. Right. You want Delon on yeah. the floor. You know, Maxey is um, a really good shooter for the most part. But he had an off-shooting night last night. And he's a really good defender. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's a closer. KP, same way. Awesome offensive player. Really good defensive player. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a closer. But what if the other team is playing small? Well, you can't have both. So then you got to have one. Uh, I mean, Dorian is in the corner. He's a really good shooter. He's a really good defender. Tim on the floor. I think he's kind of he's becoming a two way player. Even he's had some defensive issues. But ideally, you'd have five guys on the floor that can play both ways. Yeah. Now that's not the case sometimes. So then you have to really get sort of. Um, Creative with the way you sub offense defense guys during which stoppages of play. Did last night. Yeah, the they did. Game. There were not though a lot of stoppages of play late in the game. Mm-hmm. It was it was back and forth back and forth for the most part until the last like 20 seconds or so, which was really interesting to me. How ballsy um, is
1: that to take Jokic off the floor for defensive purposes yeah. and then you get the dead ball? Yeah. To it's, get him back out there. That was nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, they could have called timeout or whatever. Yeah,
0: still. and it was a really good play, too, that they ran. I People are, are upset, and rightfully so, whatever, that, that Jokic got isoed against Finney in the post for eight dribbles and right. nobody did anything. Dwight's got to come over. Yeah, no, I agree. But the problem is earlier in the fourth quarter, or it might have been in the third quarter before he subbed out, whatever. I, I want to say it was the fourth quarter, but Jokic was posting up. It was a mismatch. They sent a double team from one pass away, and Jokic hit that guy for a three. Yeah. And it's like, you can't double from one pass away. No. So if, if Dwight would have doubled, Jokic swings it over to Murray, who's standing in his own mm-hmm. gym for a three, and right. you definitely lose at that point. Yeah. you know. So it was a really nice play to get a real nice, tight cross screen for Jokic. There was no room, and then the Mavs kind of botched the communication. Right. There was a loose ball. Unfortunately, the ball bounced right to Murray, who Powell had switched on. If it bounced to anybody else, they would have been able to switch, but they yeah. didn't, and sometimes that thing happened. But... I would have liked to see somebody from the weak side come over and help from his blind side. Uh, like, like on the baseline side? Yeah, like the way the Spurs yeah. always doubled Dirk back yeah. in the day. because you like want to double him where you baseline. can't see him coming. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that would have been nice. But, you know, that's a learning experience. I, I think one thing is that uh, <coughs> other than my improving health that I'm grateful for is uh, from one game to the next, uh, Rick Carlisle has shown a pretty good ability this season to correct the previous game's mistake sure right so i i wonder if the next time they play a guy who posts up i guess it could be maybe tomorrow night against anthony davis or saturday night against Embiid. i wonder if we might see that sort of thing happen yeah like they implement changes immediately yeah like they're not messing around with the, like they they're trying to win games so they're gonna watch the film and say okay rick will say okay how can i get better from that how can we get better from that what do we need to do
1: and it's also it's real it's so easy to not know all the things that go into it. I mean, look, you, you get it done or you don't. And everyone who coaches and plays in the business understands that. But, like, I saw a lot of people saying, well, why didn't they put Boban out there so he doesn't post him up? All right, that's great. You don't think that Denver had a, a counter to go, oh, we're going to take Boban 20 feet from the basket. Watch this.
0: Also, Boban had been sitting on the
1: bench for, like, three hours. Right. So it's like uh, one of my luckiest favorite moments in Maverick history of seeing the brilliance of coaching and everything that goes into it was the Vince Carter shot to beat San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Because I was standing by the Maverick bench, uh, ready to do a post-game interview if it goes in. And that's the play that they ran all year long to get Monte the little curl, and he's going to his right to hit a game winner. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, there was all this substitution issue going on. Well, I think it was Corey Joseph, whether or not he could be in the game. And if you watched where Corey Joseph – was defending the pass, he was defending to take Montes' pass away. The Spurs were anticipating all that. Mm. And during that dead timeout, I'm standing 10 feet away from Carlisle and I'm watching him talk to Vince Carter. And he's explaining to Vince Carter where the shot is coming from. Mm. And it totally unfolded. And they're calling the play that they know that the Spurs know that they're calling, and the Spurs are taking away something that the Mavericks are not going to. And it was just such a brilliant moment of watching geniuses Work out every possible chess move. That's before forty it chess, man. Right, and so what I'm saying is, it's real easy to go. Why didn't you put this guy in? Yeah. Well, here's the twenty reasons that you didn't consider mm. because you're not at practice every day and you're not in every huddle and you don't. And I'm not saying you and I are. We're not. Yeah. We're observing this like everybody else. But I'm saying the easiest thing to do in the world is to criticize something that didn't work, mm. and you may not know all the reasons. You know. So as I look at all this reaction, I'm going, man, you just quite frankly, you're thinking about 2% of this, yep. you know, but, yeah. but Hey, that's cool, man. Everybody's got their right to be crazy or to be, uh, laid back or whatever it is that, that feeds your basketball joy. Mm.
0: Yeah, and this is something that I didn't realize until I went back and rewatched it. Now I have the, the fortune, I guess, of being able to rewatch every single play on demand whenever I want because of the, some of the software that we have around here. Um, for fans, I I know it would be much tougher. I, I guess Fox replays games and mm-hmm. stuff, so you can go back yeah. and watch it. But um, on the last possession of the game, the Mavs had two players standing. It was both Maxi and Seth standing in the same spot on the floor. And whenever I saw it in real time, I was like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life." Mm-hmm. And then I went back and rewatched it and was like, "Actually, that was pretty smart." Mm-hmm. Because what happened is, Rick isn't Rick knows that they're going to double Luca, so he's going to turn it into a three-on-three. Three. If you double Luka, then we will have a two-on-one to win the game, mm-hmm. basically. So Tim comes and sets a screen for Luka. Tim's guy doubles Luka. So Tim is open. Luka is going to put pass it to Tim, but whoever was guarding Dorian slides up onto Tim. So Dorian is wide open. If Gary Harris doesn't make that closeout from 50 feet across the floor in time, it's a wide-open three for Dorian. Yeah. And if Dorian's man stays on Dorian, then Tim is open. So you're making... You're making the defense make a perfect play, and they did. They did. Now, if Maxie and Seth had been anywhere else on the floor, it would have been a shorter closeout, but both of those guys were in a position to force the defense to make a really, really difficult play, and they did. Yeah. Because the pass was a little slow, because the defense was a little aggressive, and because Denver's really, really, really well coached, and they have a lot of really good defensive players. Hmm. So it's just a great... It was great execution. It was great execution. In in real time, I'm thinking that was so stupid. But it wasn't until I went back and rewatched it where I was like, yeah, I mean. I get it. Yeah, I get it. It didn't work, but it was a really good idea. I mean, Rick knows now Luke is going to get doubled every screen. So you have to find ways to counter it. And that was a really, in my opinion, that was a really good way to counter it.
1: And that's why at the end of that game, you really missed Porzingis. Yeah. I mean, you missed him all throughout the game. You've missed him all throughout all these games. Yeah. Um, but that's why it can't just be one guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the common thread in these last three games, it's been three out of five games now have been losses um, where you have at least a five-point lead with two minutes left in the game, mm. which is really tough. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's even harder to say out loud than it is to accept emotionally. But the thread is Luka's being double-teamed every time down the floor, and Porzingis is not out there. And if he's out there, you're not doubling Luka. Because Porzingis is setting a screen for Luca. And if, you, and if you're if you a big man that leaves Porzingis open, you're going to be sitting on the bench in like 20 seconds. Right. And that's just how it is. And so without him, without the spacing equivalent of Dirk in your offense, it's really, really tough to engineer ways to score against
1: anybody. And you know what's interesting? Uh, Maxi is shooting the ball extraordinary. Mm hmm. Maxi's still getting open shots. Mm hmm. Okay. So what does that tell you about the level of respect the other defense is employing when it comes to Maxi? It's because he's not Porzingis, yeah. and he doesn't have the track record. Now, you will find fewer Maxi fans that are bigger than me, and I know you love him. Our buddy oh, yeah. Jake loves him. I mean, I love the guy. But there's a reason he kept, keeps getting these open shots. More people, than half of his threes are wide, wide open, open. Considered by the NBA wide open. Because the defense is not respecting that percentage yet. And mm. maybe they will. But I can guarantee you, if Porzingis can go one for seven on three, they're hugging him, bro. Yeah, They ain't leaving him. Absolutely. And, and so when someone wants to talk about this guy needs to go down on the block, it's like, the offense works, homie. Mm. It's because... They are paranoid about how he is going to burn them because he has a track record of being an all star. So, okay, actually, I
0: misread that stat. 50% of Maxi's shots this season have been wide open threes. Wow. Not even 50% of his three point attempts. I'm saying 50% of his field goal attempts. Have been wide open threes. You're not being defended. Yeah. Seventeen percent
1: of Porzingis' shots have been wide open threes. So what does that mean? Well, let's just do some simple math. He's being guarded a lot. He's being guarded. So then what happens when a guy's being guarded way away from the basket closely? Ask Jason Terry when they hang his number in the rafters what it's like to come off of a screen of a guy that nobody is going to leave. Yeah. I love Jet. Jet was a better NBA player than he should have been on his. If you just look at his trajectory, because he played with Dirk. Yeah, Jet the Jet pull up fifteen
0: foot jumper from the baseline in the two man game. Yeah, because so, there were two guys on Dirk. Right. I'm not misreading this. Right. Look at this. This is, this is all of his shots. Uh-huh. Okay. Fifty plus nine plus one. That's sixty one. Uh huh. Plus nine is seventy. Eighty seven. Ninety six. Ninety nine. This is fifty-one percent of his total field goal attempts have been wide open threes. That's insane to me. That's insane. Like I'm not even like I'm just really shocked that there's a player in the NBA that that, that applies for this. When, when that's I'm incredible. so uh,
1: just numbers aside, when I'm you know doing the games or I'm watching at home, uh, it, it I've been thinking about this a lot. I was like, wow, Maxi is still shooting wide open shots despite mm. the fact that he, is he hitting forty percent still or thirty nine for three or uh, what? So
0: on wide open threes, he's shooting forty one percent. And that actually took a dip from last night. Yeah. Before
1: that, it was like in the mid 40s. And so my point is that they're say, they're they're saying that's not real. Yeah. Or at least when they are designing what they want to do when guys are on the floor. I'm talking about the other teams. They're saying that's not real. Yeah. Porzingis can shoot a lower percentage. and Are going? You get your ass on him. Yeah. Porzingis' or name is like circled three times. Right. Maxi's name might be like underlined. And there's a residual know? effect from that. Uh, and that's not to take anything away from Maxi. Yeah. Maxie has been amazing. And he's one of the biggest bargains in the league. And we've talked about this. Dorian's percentage from three is at a point where, yes, beautiful. This is what we needed. This is absolutely what we needed. But a lot of this is going to come down to how are they defending you? Yep. And so they're saying, we'll go ahead and let these two guys fire open shots as opposed to let these other guys. I will say, though,
0: this might just be pure imagination, but it feels like. Dorian has left open less often now. Or at least the closeouts are a little more aggressive. Could be. You're seeing him put the ball on the floor a lot more. And to me, whenever you get closed out on hard, yeah. that indicates that teams are sort of respecting you a little more. Right. Uh, and that could just be the way that defenses are designed in general. If you have a wing right, in the corner right. close out hard, I don't know. Right. But Dorian is making a lot more plays off the dribble this year, whereas it feels like Maxi only – Maxi's put it on the floor a little more as of late, but he's also played more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um but whenever Maxi catches it, he's usually wide open. Mm-hmm. And that's that, a good place that can to be. be used to your advantage. Heck now, yeah. If Maxi in crunch time is setting screens for Luca, that's a really good way to get an open three because they're yep. gonna leave him open. Right. But I would rather Luke would be one-on-one coming off a screen Did you going just mention downhill. the
1: end of the Oklahoma City game?
0: I did. Okay. He was wide open. He was wide open. Now, he missed the shot, which yep. is unfortunate. But yep. if he would have made it, that would have put them in front, I think. I, think, yeah, I don't remember. Or would have tied, guy. maybe.
1: I, d- I think put it in front. I don't remember. Yeah, it was very close. Yeah. It would have it would
0: have made him a hero, but unfortunately he missed. I mean, it's, it's a make-or-miss league sometimes. But um, I don't know. That's just some of the – that's some crunch time thoughts, I guess. If Luke is going to get double teamed, it would be incredible to surround him with – Guys who can make hundred percent of their shots, what, but what you can't the, you can't do that. Sometimes. What is the record right now? Uh
1: twenty-three and fourteen. Thirty that's thirty seven games?
0: Uh thirty seven games, yeah. Almost so at the halfway point.
1: We're not at the halfway point yet, Bob. It
0: honestly there's a lot of time to work all this out. It's a lot of dog days stuff right now, man. Yeah.
1: This and not only because of the results of these games, it yeah. just feels like the dog. Days. Think about the conversations we're having now versus the conversations we had two weeks ago versus the conversation we had two weeks before that, mm-hmm. which is why, again, be frustrated, whatever you want to be frustrated at. That's your choice as a fan. And that's cool. But I never lose my S before Thanksgiving. I'm like, bro. It's not Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. No, no. That's why I'm saying. Oh, OK. Now I'm like seeing bigger trends and bigger things and my focuses are different yep. and they're going to change again in March. Mm. So. We're here. We're in the middle of it. All reactions are valid. All your feelings are valid. But always try, if you can, to look at what you have, what you have to work with. And it's generally probably not as caustic as you think it is. Two years ago, yes, it Mm. absolutely was. Two years ago was hard. It was hard to see anything different than what was happening right before you every freaking night. Yeah. This is different.
0: Yeah. It's very big big picture stuff right now, man. I mean, they... If you really want to make yourself feel better, they've given away three games that they, that they had late leads in. They could very, that very easily... Worse. I know. <laughs> they could very easily be 26 and 11, but that is the margin. That's the margin that you're dealing with. A few years ago, it was the margin between winning 24 games and 32 games, mm-hmm. and it's honestly better that they won 24 games. This year, it's the margin between being the 6 seed and the 2 seed, which means that maybe next year... It'll be the margin between being the three seed and, like, the Oh, we're the one seed, seed next year. You know? What What
1: is your, in your mind, if you can, uh, and I'll give you my answer, so I'll give you time to compute yours. Okay. What is your most, quote-unquote, attainable team goal? Like, if you said, hey, what's your team goal? I'd go, championship. Well, I don't think they're a championship team yet. Okay. Okay. Wow, way to put a ceiling on your expectations. I know. Well, I'm trying to be, that's why I'm using the word attainable. Okay. So, you can exceed expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah. but like what do you think is a realistic attainable team goal for me get there to that four seed by the end of the regular season I think that's attainable I believe that that's attainable I really truly do um and that's what that's where I would just be yes this was a huge success
0: okay um man, you're putting me on the spot I am I and would say that my biggest attainable goal would be, I mean, it's going to be hard to attain this, but right now they're top 10 in three-point shooting, and coming into the year, that's not something that anybody thought was going to be the case. Um, Now, the gap between them in eighth place and Memphis in 13th place is .5. So it's going to be tough, but can they stay in the top 10? And if they can that generally means they're going to win a lot of games because they take a lot of threes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So can Maxi and Dorian, especially keep it up, stay doing what they're doing. Can Luca maybe pick it up a little bit more, which will be made easier when KP comes back. And when KP comes back, can he pick it up a little more? You know, that is, that to me will lead to wins. Uh, Last night, they go 12 of 35. They lose by one. Mm -hmm. If they go 13 for 35, they win by two. So if you can be, Good. Now, uh, how does that relate to wins? I think it's going to take probably 55 wins to have home court. If they shoot 37% from three for the rest of the year, they might win 55 games. They're going to have to hump it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But uh, I would also say my realistic attainable goal is to win the season series against the Rockets yeah. and Huge. the Jazz. Huge. If you can do that, if you go, how many games do they have left? Wait, we haven't played teams? the Jazz yet, have we? They have we? not. Yeah, and okay. I think they play them four times. They might only play them three, uh-huh. but I think they play them four times. And they still play the Rockets three more times. Yeah, that's big. So let's say that's seven games. If you can go four and three and that's those games big. are five and two, then that's a good way to get home court. Because
1: if you go four and three, you'll end up going five and three because we've already beaten Houston once. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. So that three and big. one and two and
0: two yeah. would be. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Don't okay, that, sound effects, bro. Do you bro. think they heard it? Yeah, they okay.
0: felt it. Yeah. Uh, and then Denver, too. You're one and one. You play them at least one more time. Can you win that game? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to beat the teams that are ahead of you, Skin. Sure. So that is my attainable goal. Beat Denver or beat Houston, beat Utah, and keep shooting threes.
1: How do you feel? Do you feel good? Do you feel better? About the team? Just you and health and the team and just, you know, uh, going into the yeah, weekend. Yeah, you know,
0: I'm, I'm feeling good. I know I sound like butt, but about the team, yeah. I mean, now, if it's uh, Sunday morning and I'm waking up and they've lost three in a row. Yeah. You know, L.A. Philly is going to be tough no matter what. I don't care who plays or who doesn't. It's going to be very hard to win either of those games, especially to win both of those games. So we're
1: 2-2 two and two on the stand right now. 2-2, two and two, and I would have
0: really, honestly, truly hoped for 4-0. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you yeah. can't always get what you want. But... uh if they lose to L.A. and Philly, I don't care in what nature. We're going to have a bad podcast next week. Yeah, I'll be, be kind of <laughs> disappointed. But, I mean, again, you could play great. Like, I thought last night they played a really good game and they lost. They're they a, a lot great team. Of, yeah, they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You could play great against the Lakers and lose by 10. I mean, that's how good they are. Yeah. You could play really good against Philly and Embiid could just go off for 50 and you lose. I just so. – I
1: still – and I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play. I assume he's not. I just – I'm not – as bullish on the Lakers as everybody else is, dude. I'm not either. I'm just not. But we did they, we, we, we did a segment last night on the pregame show, and it yeah. was okay. Who's the second best team in the West? I was like behind dude. the Clippers. Yeah, well, that's why I said I said the Lakers. Yeah, you're like wait, <laughs> what? I was like, dude, the Clippers are better than the Lakers. Yeah, and you know the conversation. Well, if you look at how they're, I was like, dude, they're not even rolling out their team every night. Yeah, they're they're out there stunting, mm. bro. This Clippers team that you're watching the last couple weeks. That ain't the team in April. Are you asking me, am I looking at records right now? Well, we can all look at the same records. Mm -hmm. If you're asking me, the Clippers are the best team, and I don't even really think it's close. And then I think the Lakers are better than the Nuggets. I think it's it's close, but give me LeBron and Anthony Davis over Murray and Jokic, and then the Rockets and the Mavs and that group of teams there, you know, so – I'm sorry. I think the Clippers are on a different level if everybody's healthy. Yeah. But the Doc, Lakers still can grind you, though, man. Oh, yeah. They're they doing it with defense and stars. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's there. a very,
0: that, that's a very like 90s, early 2000s oh, yeah. formula, man. You're just right. Just out talent you and then just. Play very hard on defense,
1: but you know you're just take your Maverick allegiance out of it. You've got to go win a championship. you taking the Clippers or the Lakers. Clippers. Oh yeah, dude. It's I wouldn't even. Who would you rather play in this playoff series? The Lakers. And that's no knock.
0: Like LeBron is amazing. Right. But the Clippers to me are just
1: like I'm terrified of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, let's not get drunk off records in January. Yeah. Who's Who's healthy? Who's the healthiest with the best team? Clippers are your best team, bro. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and hopefully the Mavs will get healthy here soon. Yep. Maybe it'll be this weekend. Maybe it'll be next week. Either way, we will be with you along the way. Skin, any parting words before we get out of here?
1: No, thank you for listening to Numbers on the Boards. Uh, I had a lot of fun. We did an early morning podcast. We did. amidst some disappointment. But It's I like think... waking
0: up early on the weekend, man. I feel like we have the whole day ahead of us still to Absolutely. do whatever we want.
1: I'm going to go shoot a... Uh... If, if fans from the old broadcast uh, remember the inside the numbers pieces we've done, oh yeah, we're going to go shoot some of those today. Oh, so nice, I'm excited. nice. And you also have an announcement coming soon, I believe, right? Yeah. So we're going to announce the future home of the Ben and Skin show on February the third. February
0: third. February third. Right. We You about will, you weeks, will know. We will make the announcement that day. Where will that? Is that going to be a video on your Facebook page or something? Uh, or the Twitter? I don't know. Or or? I don't know. Okay. I,
1: it'll probably be one of those like seven things happens at once kind of deals. Okay. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm here for it, man. All right. All right. I'll see you all next. Well, we will see you all yes, next week. Yes, we will. Uh, two big games coming this weekend at home. It's going to be awesome. Uh, no matter what the record is, um, the record's still really good, but it's still a very good team, man. Just just have some patience. Give them some time. They're going to get it figured out. Uh, praise be to Luca, as always. 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 And uh, we will see you next week.
1: See you.